0: Fans, to another edition of the Weber State Weekly Women's Hoops Show. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. I want to remind everyone that Weber State Weekly is a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Um, on the show today, we have Jessica Euler back to join us again. Jessica, had a good bowl season, I heard.
1: Very exciting. Arkansas beat Penn State, and we didn't even look terrible doing it. So I'm already excited for next year, which I there. have to be because our basketball team is less than exciting than it was anticipated
0: to be. They started out hot this year. I think they were one of the undefeated teams going into, I think undefeated around the same time that the Wildcats ended up becoming not undefeated anymore. So started off hot, but a little bit of a dip, I guess, from the Arkansas Razorbacks men's team.
1: I have hope we're going to come back though. Because, you know, you got to go with hope, right?
0: (laughs) uh, We also have on the show tonight, Brooke Minnick. Brooke, how are you?
2: Doing all right. Same old, same old.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I had the opportunity to go sit next to Brooke in her spot in the D. <laughs> if you've been to the D for a women's game, you know exactly where Brooke's spot is. And we were hanging out over there. We had our signs. That was yeah. fun.
2: My <laughs> sisters.
0: Them. Yeah, we had, them, was, we had them going.
2: Yeah, I'm hiding with the Waldo cut out in the corner.
0: <laughs> it's true. I brought the Waldo big head. Got that. Shout out to Chappie for getting me the Waldo big head. We had that at the game as well. And finally, on our panel tonight, we've got Dan Hubler. Dan? double duty this week i was on the on the men's hoop show last night doing the women's hoop show tonight
3: yeah somebody said they're having you on again i said until there are enough complaints yeah that's what's gonna happen so
0: <laughs> so far zero complaints uh so everything's going good over here at weaver state weekly appreciate dr dan hubbler for taking a little bit of time to hang out with us on the panel at weaver state weekly so uh, let's talk about what the show is going to look like tonight. We have a couple of games to talk a little bit about last week. Wildcats ended up tanking on the Montana State Bobcats in Ogden and then taking on the Grizz in Ogden as well. If you didn't know, if the men are on the road, that means the women are at home and they always play the same team. So the men took on the, the Bobcats in Bozeman, then took on the Grizz in Missoula. So the reverse for the women, taking on the Bobcats in Ogden and the Grizz in Ogden. So a couple of really good games and a couple of really good wins for this team uh, early in the season. So we're going to talk a little bit about those wins. And then I've got a game prepared for our panel called New Year's Resolutions. We're going to be doing, uh, asking our panel what they would have for a New Year's resolution for a player, for the team, and then for the fans. So let will see what they have to say to that. But before we get into all that, want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, any of those good places to Come and uh, chat and listen to Weber State Weekly. Uh, also, I, I noted last night, but if you haven't already, please go and, and rate Weber State Weekly on any podcast platform that you listen to us. Helps us climb in the rankings and find our way into the ears of other Wildcat fans, wherever they may be. And we're also on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, or Facebook. Twitter one of the best places to interact with the team, especially on game day. But uh, follow us on social media. Chat with us. Comment on our stuff. Share it with your family and friends. Uh, appreciate everybody who uh, gets the word out about the the purple and white. And then we've got a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weaver state weekly, become a patron, support the work that we're trying to do and give us opportunities. I'm still, I didn't get as far as I wanted on uh, revamping our Patreon, but if you're already a patron, we want to thank you so much for doing that. And uh, thinking about new ways that we can uh, provide content, exclusive content to our patrons who are so generous uh, and willing to help out. So, all right, folks, that's all of the, all of the the business of this Weber State Weekly Podcast. Let's talk about the game. Uh, I want to start out talking a little bit about that Montana State game. Um, we know that the Wildcats have played pretty well against some tough opponents, a couple of disappointing losses, you know, close losses, and have played exceptionally well in the D, uh, only losing, what, one game so far, folks? Is that what it is?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's fine. The-
0: Yeah. The Pacific game uh, right there at the end of the out of conference schedule and close game while cats ended up losing, but um, have played extremely well in the D. And so uh, obviously an opportunity to get things back and bounce back from that loss uh, against a good Montana state team. Um, The thing that I think, uh, the sticks out the most to me from this game and I'll, I'll get your, your thoughts here, panel um, Darren Hickok. I mean, she led the Wildcats 28. Uh, there was somebody that oh, was Darian white, uh, the point guard for the Bobcats ended up scoring 29 in that game, but absolutely stellar night from Darren Hickok. Um, I wanted to ask you all, I mean, cause I, I wasn't at the game. Uh, some of you might have been, what do you think made her so explosive that night? Uh, what, what was it that was just giving her that opportunity to score? Cause 28 is a, is a big number.
1: Yeah, I think um, from my perspective, I'd go just shots taken. She had a lot of field goal percentages and her, (laughs) the amount of free throws she got was just outrageous compared to, it felt like every time you turned around, she was up throwing a free throw. So I think that that helped with the overall point total, but obviously whenever you're getting... um, points a lot of those free throw opportunities are coming from taking shots on goals so it's taking opportunities when she saw them i think
0: yeah and knocking them down right i mean obviously um had a good game Uh, i'll just pull up really quickly her her shots um on that night so ended up with 8 of 13 for field goals did not shoot a 3 uh 12 of 12 from the line so not only you know hitting shots um but also getting to the free throw line and making the most of it making all of her free throws so big opportunity there um, uh, Brooke, what about you? Uh, what do you think made Darren so explosive in this one?
2: Well, I agree with what Jess, Jessica said that, um, just hitting all the right shots. She was taking them and she doesn't seem to actually take that many threes anyway. So she does like to drive and, and get to the free throw line. But I think, I know we talk about energy a lot, but she seemed to have a lot of energy, especially after missing the Pacific game. And I, which I also going back to that, I think they missed her energy in that Pacific game, which kind of led to that loss. But I, I think just what she, like what Jessica said, just hitting all the shots (laughs) that she took, I mean, almost all of them, but, and then getting to to the free throw line, uh, free throw line. Um, 12 of 12,
0: that's crazy. <laughs> well, it's a good number, right? And it shows that, th- that this Wildcat team, if they can get to the line, that they have the ability to hit their free throws, shooting a very good percentage. I think the team overall in that game ended up shooting um, 79% from the free throw line, 23 of 29. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a pretty good free throw percentage, you know, only, only missing a couple in each, each frame, except for the third quarter. So. When I think you're right, Brooks, when you note that this team is not necessarily one that wants to shoot the lights out. So sort of, I feel like the women's team is kind of the exact opposite of the men's team in some ways. Where the men's team is a very good three point shooting team, um, they do get their shots at the rim. Uh, you know, we know that Kobe McEwen, JJ Overton, who we talked to last night, uh, we got some guys who can really slash to the basket, and of course our guy Dylan Jones, uh, among others. But this team really seems, the women's team seems very focused on scoring in the paint. They want to get in the paint. They want to get high percentage shots at the rim and create opportunities. They're not a team that likes to shoot a lot of three points, or three pointers, and that leads to opportunities to make free throws. And so, I mean, 23 of 29 in this game, uh, absolutely incredible for them to have all those opportunities and hitting hitting their free throws makes a big difference when when you're being spotted 23, potentially 29 points. Uh, and score 68 overall dan want to give you a chance anything to say about darren hickok in this one anything you wanted to add
3: um i was wasn't able to watch that one that shame on me but uh i definitely did see that she'd scored a lot of points and anytime you're making all of your free throws that's something that yeah 100 percent. wow <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, and like we said, just a good opportunity to kind of show that, that the Wildcats have been spending the time in the gym, working on those fundamentals, working as a team together um, on top of 12 free throws, comes away with two assists. And um, it, and so it makes and nine rebounds. So just on the on the cusp of getting that double double, but still a lot of impact to be had all around by Darren Hickok. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about the rest of the team. Um, looking at the box score, both teams kind of started off slow. Uh, pretty low shooting percentages in that second in that first quarter that maybe bled a little bit in the second quarter but it seemed like the bobcats kind of figured themselves out in that second quarter kind of got got comfortable with the wildcat defense Rondo was definitely in the house uh, they ended up shooting 42 percent in the second quarter 88 of 19 so bobcats get back on but they then, then the third quarter happened. The Wildcats came out with a vengeance in that third quarter, shot 62%, 10 of 16. And I really think that that's the story of the game right there. I feel like that's that's the game right there because it was a pretty close game going into halftime. Um, just checking it out here. They, it, was, it was pretty evenly matched. And then all of a sudden, bam, Like the Wildcats just explode for 21 points. And then once again in the fourth quarter. For you folks, like, what did you see in that second half that really kind of made the adjustment? Because it feels like this team is getting better and better at making those halftime adjustments, making that push to get the W, or at least if they're maybe in a little bit of a hole, dig out of that hole and make those games competitive.
1: Yeah, I think what we start to see after halftime is a lot of regrouping when it comes to defense. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of it is about the shots that were taken, but. Mm-hmm grabbing turnovers and really running it down the court when they get it, I feel like are some of the most important things. And I feel like when we take that break at halftime and we come back out that um, our our defense shines again. Um, And, you know, part of it is certainly the break and regrouping when the women have a chance to get together and talk about strategy. But I think what we tend to see um, after halftime is that defense ramping right back up.
0: Yeah, good point, Jessica. When you talk about um, defense ramping up, Wildcats ended up with, well, overall, the, the, the Bobcats ended up with 19 turnovers, um, but the Wildcats claimed eight steals. So nearly half of those turnovers were, were on steals. Yeah. Um, you know, and normally turnovers have been a, a statistic that have dogged the Wildcats in past seasons, uh, still giving up the ball 21 times. I mean, the Bobcats had a good defensive night as well, 16 steals on the night. Of those 21 turnovers that the wildcats committed so definitely very active hands but the wildcats find a way to overcome that um brooke did you did you feel like the defense was the thing that was kind of leading the wildcats offense and giving them an opportunity to shoot those high percentages because getting active creating problems for the bobcats fast break situations or you know getting them down on the court when maybe they're not quite ready the defense isn't set which leads to easy buckets
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's exactly I think, like Jessica said, again, um, they regrouped and well, and then I was noticing they were I don't I didn't look at the by quarter, but the they kind of lived and died by the three point shot. The Bobcats did five of twenty nine. And I was very thankful they didn't make those twenty (laughs) nine. Every time they shot it, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I can't believe it was 29, but it felt like that. And it felt like they did miss that many. So I was thankful. But um, now I have no idea what you said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, definitely. I, I mean, it's, it's a good call out, right? Five of 29 is a, is a huge number. That means the Bobcats only shot overall that night like 17% from three point land. They were over six in the first quarter, four of 10, where they really started to make way but then ice cold again in the third quarter 0 of six and they just never recovered one of seven in the fourth. So, I mean, I think that you're right that after maybe, maybe an adjustment on the Wildcats part, seeing that they were gaining traction because the the second quarter was by far the Bobcats best scoring quarter. They only scored six points in the first quarter. Yeah. And, they, and then they end up roaring back 23 in the second. And that was their best quarter overall, largely due to the fact that, you know, half of those points are coming from the three point range. So Coach V and staff noting that making adjustments and they only get one out of uh, 13 attempts beyond the arc after in the second half. So good adjustment by the Wildcats. Um, Last question on this game before we move on to talk a little bit about the Grizz. Um, a lot of fouls. Bobcats played a very physical game uh, and I think it's due in part to the fact that the wildcats like we noted are a team that want to play inside they want to get you down low and it creates foul opportunities because teams are going to struggle in the post you know players like emma torbert who honestly has size over a lot of big sky bigs they just aren't able to deal with her because she's so much stronger and athletic more athletic than than a lot of bigs in the big sky are and so creates a lot of opportunities for fouls plus like we noted darren hickok finding her way to the foul line a lot do you feel that that the wildcats sort of how do I want to put this? Do we feel that the wildcats took advantage mostly of those fouls that the Bobcats had because they've like we said they feasted at the line, have they established themselves as, as an inside team? Do teams know that about them now? And so they're coming out with a physical brand of of defense? I don't know, Jessica, what do you think?
1: I, I think there's probably something to it. I think that any team that's going to watch film of our women are going to know that they're an inside team and they're going to know, you know, that Corey and Laura are two individuals who are going to go to the three more often than anybody else with that higher free throw percentage. So I think that they know what I think is interesting, particularly with Montana State is the number of fouls we were able to pull. Emma is my favorite to watch because people can't stop fouling her <laughs> like,
0: you can't, right? Yeah. Her so size and is just yeah. can't deal and with she her.
1: can pull that foul like nobody I've ever seen. And I want to cheer for that, no matter what the <laughs> score looks like at that point. Um and I think we're doing good with our overall free throw percentage made, right? Like if we're if we're gonna be an inside team and we're gonna play physical and play for those fouls, it's important to be able to um actually make it when we get to the line right and in montana state i was just looking it looks like we were 23 of 29 if that's right so like Im- impressive that we're capitalizing on that too and because i can't stop talking about it like i think we have got so many of the pieces and it's been so fun to watch i think back uh, sometimes about a few shows back where we were like who do you think is going to be the third person right and it's yeah. just so fun to watch this team mesh together. And I think we've got defense down. I'm impressed with the number of shots we're taking and taking that extra half second to take the shot. It's, it's working on turnovers still that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to see moving forward. Yeah. yeah I went on I mean, a little tirade there. I apologize. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's great. And uh, because it, it sort of brought something to my attention, going back and looking at, at, at the, at the, the stat line, the Wildcats absolutely dominated in the paint in terms of rebounds, seven offensive rebounds, 32 defensive rebounds to the Bobcats, 11 offensive rebounds and 24. So, you know what I mean? Like they just overall 35 compared to 39. Like when you're winning those rebound battles, Mm -hmm. it just makes all the difference, especially when you're out there, and you're, you're getting to the free throw line. And so there's not necessarily a need for second chance points. I think that's probably one of the reasons why the wildcats had such a depressed offensive rebound number, just cause there wasn't, there wasn't a need to get second chance points because they were getting them at the free throw line. Whereas the bobcats are fouling a lot. You know, they're trying to get extra possessions. They're trying, they're not necessarily falling. They're having a very difficult shooting night. Usually it's indicative to me that if a team is shooting five of 29 from three, um, a lot of those are desperation threes, uh, late in the shot clock, nothing doing on offense, can't find a way to get the ball inside. And so you kick it out of somebody and they just jack up a three. It's not a great shot. Doesn't fall. And then, you know, it's defensive rebound and the team is moving on back down the other side of the floor. It feels like that was a lot of what we were seeing, uh, Uh, on Thursday Uh, before we wrap up the the Bobcats game, any, any parting thoughts from you, Brooke or Jessica or Dan, before we move on to the Grizz game?
2: Um, No, I just, um, going back to three pointers, I didn't realize we were one of eight, which eight's not a lot to take. And we still won. So it's just, Awesome. Because past seasons, this, these, this team Weber would be down a few points and they'd start throwing up threes, everybody, instead of just playing their game. So it's nice to see that they don't need to hit threes to win games. Yeah, that's definitely.
0: all. <laughs> no, I mean, a really great point because this is not a team that shoots threes and uh, they found their identity down low and inside they are a team that wants to drive to the basket and try for high percentage shots. And it's paying dividends. Jessica or Dan, any, any thoughts?
1: Yeah, I was, I was like, just think if the next thing we work on is threes, right? Like just going back to speaking to this team evolving over time, like we've seen the defense mesh together and we're starting to work on turnovers a little bit. And definitely our offense has taken some of those fast break points where they haven't as much before. So, you know, I think, and you know, it might be this season, it might be later on. But if we can start focusing on those three point shots, there ain't, there's no stopping us. I almost said there ain't no stopping us (laughs) out there.
0: Say it.
3: There ain't no stopping us. Dan, parting thoughts on, on the Bobcats game before we move on to the Grizz. I think this is kind of the overall theme I've been seeing. I uh, rewatched one of the the games, uh, the New Mexico state game the other day. And one of the things that I noticed difference between the Montana game, and I don't want to jump too much into it, but I'm starting to see comfort. uh, The players are much more comfortable with their shots. Like, it was almost like when they were driving inside, they were wide, like they'd gotten open and I think they were surprised at how open they were in some of those points. And so they weren't comfortable with that. And so there were a couple shots that were just a little bit off that they were missing. And that has changed to where they're more comfortable with that inside game. They're, they're more comfortable driving in there and making those shots. And, and I don't want to take too much away from uh, my thoughts on Montana, but that's the one thing I I'm starting to see this theme of confidence. And comfort, and yeah, the the three three point game is going to be a big part of that as well. That's exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, good opportunity to kind of make a segue now and talk about the the Montana Grizzlies game. So Saturday, uh, Brooke and I had the the choice opportunity of being in the building for this one, and I don't know, Brooke, it was a lot of fun. Would you say, yes. even even though the, the frustration with the whistle, would you agree?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, it definitely was fun. <laughs> they yeah, I mean, had the lead and held on the whole game. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I, so I was a little bit late because I had to run up and get that, uh, that, that cardboard cutout, you know, uh, the, the Waldo big head so that we'd have a little, little atmosphere in the D, you know, I brought, brought some signs, you know, just trying to get people excited. And, uh, yeah, I walk in the gym and, um, and which by the way, if you didn't go to that game, you missed out. It was $3, $3 to go see that game. It was great promo. I don't want to hear people complain about promos, man. There have been so many promos these last four weeks. If if you're, if you're not getting in the gym, I don't want to hear about promos. They've been galore. (laughs) It's all there. But uh, I walk in the gym and I think it's like 16 to four or something like that. Wildcats are leading. It's like, Oh, so that's what we're doing. Okay. This is great. Love to see that. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start. Let's talk a little bit about it because I think the defense was a big part of this. I put, you know, Rhonda showed up. Uh, I did get a question on Instagram. Somebody asked, like, "What's with the Ronda thing?" So she didn't <laughs> listen to the interview with Jane Matthews. Uh, she noted that uh, when Coach V sort of and and team kind of put together some identity for this team uh, over over the the break and leading into the season, they talked about how they want their defensive identity to be like Ronda Rousey from UFC, uh, who was a, a champion uh, on on the women's side um, and was was a tough competitor until she met with Holly Holm, but. Uh, Ronda Rousey was great, and so she wanted to kind of infuse that identity into the team. So Ronda showed up. That, meant, that means that means the team was playing stiff, hard nosed defense. So hashtag Ronda uh, showed up against Montana. Helped the Grizz to just thirty two percent shooting. Uh, they were very uncomfortable in a lot of situations, but the Grizz did get a lot of calls on the whistle. I mean, I don't know. Talk to me a little bit about that, Brooke, because you, you saw it. Uh, they really struggled to hit shots um, and they got a really soft whistle. Like I was surprised. I mean, if you, <laughs> we'll talk about the free throw disparity, but it was just like, seriously, like they weren't that physical. They shot a lot of outside shots and they didn't hit a lot of outside shots. Yeah. Brooke, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, they came out. I, I don't know if they were shocked by Weber's defense or something because they... I don't know, the, early on they were just trying to hit outside shots instead of driving, even their, um, what's her, I shouldn't say this, number 20, she's a bigger girl, a tall girl, a taller girl, and she was trying to hit threes. I think they were just a little shocked by Weber's energy early on, and then it kind of just continued, and they didn't have an answer for it, even with the refs trying to get him back in the game. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah her name was Carmen Gefeller and uh, she ended up getting teed yeah. up in that game actually because she I think she, was it was she the one that hit Vicky Vicky Para, and then yeah. and Vicky ended up bleeding because of that and had to come out of the oh. game so, yeah something yep. like that so
2: yeah uh, Gefeller because that's a kind of funny last name
0: <laughs> right yeah but she was the one that was you know making those attempts and uh, just looking at the score because I, I guess I didn't really notice it in the moment um, only shot one of two But I mean, Sammy Fatkin shot one of five, who normally is a pretty decent shooter. I mean, Haley Huard for three, you know, just like not a great. They were three for 14 shooting from three. And a lot of that was once again, just sort of that desperation shot. Twenty one percent overall from three point range. Just the defense was there making them very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to pull it up right now. The Grizz were the number one team, I guess, uh, going into this. Uh, the, the Grizz were, uh, let me just, let me just pull it up. Cause I think they were like, until they met Rhonda until they <laughs> met Rhonda. Cause I mean, yeah. a lot of people felt that maybe the Grizz were the favorite going into this. I mean, the conference record was, they were, they were two and one going into it or uh, yeah, they were two and one going into it, but overall the Grizz were nine and three going into this game. Uh, Wildcats were, uh, is that right? So they were six and six going into this game guess they were
1: mm-hmm.
0: but but uh but yeah I mean I think absolutely stunned the Grizz they didn't expect that level of intensity on defense Jessica your thoughts on the wildcats defense and how it kind of caught the Grizz off guard
1: yeah I I, I definitely think that it did and I think that the Grizz this year is super interesting right because I think I think I think this year and a lot of years they're favored to do quite well and they're two and two in conference now. And I'm I'm so proud that we contributed to that and how much, you know, I, I think they might have just overlooked Weaver, right? Because I think Weaver in the past was one of those teams that didn't give them such a challenge. And so they came in and they didn't expect what we had on the table and ended up, you know, we we got poor calls because you know I'll go back Montana privilege a little bit there, um, mm-hmm. but but I, I think they looked <laughs> past us, which was a mistake because we we looked dang good this year.
0: Yeah, Dan, what about your well, thoughts? Thoughts on this on this defense and and the Grizz uh, struggling?
3: Well, which quarter was it where Emma Torbert uh, fouled a player on the fast break? I I laughed when I rewatched it because the player just flew. Uh, to the ground. And then Emma was teed up. Do you remember this? Yeah,
2: I do remember that. But
3: now, I, I know that uh, Emma was in foul trouble for most of the game, but I think that kind of set the tone that they weren't backing down. They were there. They were going to, uh, they were going to be right there in your face. They were going to play that defense. They were going to, they were going to be Rhonda and they did. They, uh, and when Emma did that, I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, that's how, you get inside their head and I, i'm not going to say that's the only reason why they were shooting poorly but when you know that inside you're going to have to face that it, it it messes with you and so you could be a really prolific scorer but you're going to have to go in there and drive on emma torbert and they couldn't do it and i was okay with that
0: yeah i think you're right dan um because just looking through the stat line, I mean, the bigs were in foul trouble. Most of the bigs, yeah. you know, Vicky Para was in um, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of fouls in this one. Um, a lot of opportunities, like like we noted, the Grizz ended up having by far and away the the disparity when it came to free throws. The Grizz ended up shooting seventeen of twenty four, while the Wildcats just twelve of fifteen. So nearly nine more attempts. Um,
3: based on how the Wildcats camera? play. Yeah. And and it sounds like there might've been some questionable cause um, sketching that, but the bottom line is the team didn't, it didn't get to them. They just kept going. They just kept at Mm -hmm. them. And they, that's, uh, that's a sign of resilience and strength right there. That was fun to watch. So,
1: yeah. And I think what, what you said um, caught my attention a little bit, that it didn't slow us down with the number of fouls that we got, because certainly you want to have the whistle on your side when you're out there and you know wasn't in this game but the way that we rotate through and sub our players i think helped that not be as serious as a problem and sometimes i'll be watching the game and it'll stress me out a little bit because i'm like oh my goodness we are subbing out every you know second here but from a variety of perspectives that can be good so this game was certainly good with the Um, fouls not really impacting us overall and players having to sit but I think that it also helps to keep our team fresh and it's helping what we're seeing this year not just be a this year thing right because we've got a lot of players getting time on the court so um, I I think that seven folks in and out and the strategy um, that we're using is helpful and it you know played out in this game in terms of we didn't have to sit players as much you know we did from time to time to save them a little bit but it helped having that many people being available to play
0: yeah um talking a little bit now about the wildcats and their offensive performance Corey pencer man did she have a game four or five from three had 20 points i think she had like 14 points before we even hit halftime i mean they knew that they knew that she was hurting her hurting them like bad. Like she was hitting those shots. Um, and the thing I liked is that she sort of started to draw the defense. There was a great play. And I think it was the fourth quarter where yep. she drove back door to the, uh, down to the post. And I think you know, maybe Emma was in the game at that point. She, yep. Emma comes over. Corey's got this nice little bounce pass in the paint to Emma. Easy bucket. Cause they committed to, to stopping Corey from scoring. Emma gets an easy bucket on the other side. Just that kind of vision. I mean, Corey was just absolutely on fire in this game. Um, but man, do you think that the question I have for the panel is, do you think that Corey hitting so many of those threes was a symptom of them knowing that the Wildcats were an interior team, not expecting the Wildcats to hit so many threes. And so they were committed to their plan of defending the paint. Cause that's who the Wildcats are. Then all of a sudden they're getting absolutely torched on the outside and they just don't know how to deal with it. I mean, do you think that that was a symptom or do you think it was something else going on there? Brooke, what do you think?
2: Mm, no i think you're right with that they weber's been really good in the paint not a ton of threes being taken and luckily for us Corey was hitting them i think i think they kind of were like oh crap like they're hitting these now but we want to defend the paint we want to keep emma and jaden you know out of the paint and i think her hitting those they kind of got a little rattled their game plan was
0: yeah. I mean, good point because I'm um, looking at the, at the stats. I, I mean, you don't notice this kind of stuff in real time when you're in the arena, but Wildcats were eight of 19 from three, 19 attempts from three is, is I mean, oh. that's gotta be up there for a, a season high. It's just not something that the Wildcats
1: do like we talked about. Yeah. It well, in, like that. Montana, yeah against Montana state, we had eight just to right. kind of show some yeah. comparison there. So I think what you're saying is spot on.
3: Dan, what about you? The thing that stood out to me was that we saw Corey score three different ways, and, and two of them are direct, uh, direct ways. Uh, the, the first way, uh, she would drive in and make layups. There in the fourth quarter, nine minutes left. She drives right by them, and, and, and I think this is a product of the fact that she was hitting the threes, that they were trying to guard her really close. They are getting out there. And so she was able to drive inside and hit a couple layups uh, and her pull up jumper was fantastic as well. Yeah. The other part that she scores obviously uh, is the three. And we already talked about the four for five shooting, but the one fun thing that I noticed when Emma Torbert hit her three, it was because Corey was driving in and sucked in the defense and they were all right there inside. And she was able to toss that ball out and Emma had plenty of time squared up right there. Hit that three, that was a good moment. And so those are the three ways I think that Corey facilitated scoring for the team. Uh, it was the inside game, the inside game passing off, and then of course the four for four for five three pointers. That was outstanding.
0: Um, yeah, it's a good it's a good point, especially the one about um, Emma Torbert. Because I would say that um, that that three late in the fourth quarter sort of. Not quite a dagger, but it felt that way because the Grizz had kind of made a run, had gotten a lot of whistles, had made some, you know, had made some free throws. And then the Wildcats stalling a little bit on offense. And then all of a sudden there's Emma to hit that three. And it's interesting that they would leave her out there because if you aren't watching a lot of tape on the Wildcats, if you don't watch enough tape, you don't know. Emma is very dangerous behind the three point line. She hits a lot of threes when she gets the opportunity. And so... I think it's a good point, Dan, that you're saying like Corey, they're so committed to stopping her because she's hurting them so much, leading the team in points that she draws all this defensive focus, leaving her teammates to do what they're best at, which, in, you know, in Emma's case, she was able to hit those threes. I think she had two of them there in the fourth quarter that really made a big difference, you know, kind of a big swing for the Wildcats, kind of put a little extra wind in the sails to kind of push them over the, the finish line to get the dub. And
3: that's two threes out of, Two attempts. She made both of her attempts. So, hundred percent. All right. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh,
0: another uh, question I had for you for the panel here was: we talked about the, the fact that the Wildcats um, absolutely did a great job on defense, keeping keeping the the Grizz to thirty two percent from the floor, twenty one percent from three. Um, but at, the thing that I liked in this one was once again the the rebounding. The Wildcats did a phenomenal job of rebounding, even when it seemed like the Grizz were getting all of all of the offensive rebounds. It was they were 11, 11 offensive rebounds, twenty four. You know, so they were getting those extra possessions. But the Wildcats getting back on defense, saying, "Okay, we didn't get those offensive rebounds, and we're gonna keep it." I mean, the it ends up being the same thirty five to thirty five. Uh, but I felt like there was more to it than the number. I mean, what did you all see when it came to crashing the boards? Because I think there were a lot of over-the-backs that didn't get called because the Grizz were definitely trying to crash the boards. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Brooke, your thought?
2: Yeah. um, (laughs) It didn't seem like they had that many rebounds, honestly. I mean, like uh, Montana. Um, uh, No, sorry, I forgot your question.
0: (laughs) Well, I I would say that, like... (laughs) In the moment, it definitely felt like, oh, there there's definitely a concerted effort on the Grizz's part to get those rebounds um, because they were definitely, they were there trying to get in the paint. I mean, like I said there, I think there were a lot of uh, uncalled over the back, you know, fouls that could have been there, but Wildcats not getting the whistle. Um, but man, uh, when it came down to it, Wildcats right back there on defense, making sure that if if the Grizz were going to get extra possessions, they're going to do their best to get back and limit them. Jessica, what are your thoughts on on the post play and the rebounding?
1: Yeah, I I think we did good. I think where you really saw the difference was where while we match up on overall rebounds was our defensive rebounds. And that's where our defense comes out and shines. Uh, The the other thing that I think made a difference, which isn't your question, but I, I want to talk about it a little bit is our turnovers were lower. So the previous game, I think we said we had 21 turnovers and that could be a lot. So nobody go check me, but this one, we only had 16. So, Oh, thanks Dan. Thanks for checking me on the spot there. Um, but I, I think that a lot of those things, when they start to really come together, um, just show us what, what a good team this is. Right. So Um, we're we're not turning it over and we're making those rebounds and we're making them defensively. And so that's why um, when we're going up and we're getting the ball, when they're shooting, that's always a solid goal to have.
0: Dan thoughts on the rebounding.
3: We were in their heads. And uh, I mean, the reason they were over the back, the reason they were struggling is because they just weren't as physical. And it was fun to watch uh, our team dominate in the paint. (laughs)
0: Thank <laughs> Uh, Last thing before we go to the next segment, Um, we'll wrap up on this one. Um, Jade Matthews. I was hoping that, you know, that last play that they have an opportunity. I really wanted Jade to get the double double. She was just two points away, Um, but it feels like, I mean, she's had a rough couple of games the last couple of weeks. And I think that the reason why is because she had had so much success early. I feel like defenses are keying in on her. They know that she's dangerous. They know that she's a player that can hurt them. She's a player that, you know, does really well around the rim. She gets rebounds. She can, and shoot the three when she's out there by herself. Uh, it feels like defenses are keying in on her a little bit more and trying to keep her out of the game. Uh, in this one, she ended up three for 12. Uh, and like I said, I think that part of that is a function of the defense saying, okay, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna allow for that. Um, you know, a couple of rebounds away from the double double, but I think, I don't know. I wanted to get the panel's thoughts on, on on J Double Double because I think that defenses in the big sky have seen enough tape on her that they know that she can hurt them. And so they're cluing in on her now, which I think is a credit to her. Uh, and now her, uh, her teammates are responding, showing those defenses that, OK, if you're going to take away you know one of our top scorers, guess what? We've got another person who can beat you. And that could be Darren. That could be Corey. That could be Emma. You know, it's just very talented team.
1: Yeah, I don't think I could say it any different than that. I think that's exactly what's happening. They're seeing tape, and they know that Jaden's at the top of her game, and um, and tends to be. So they they're all over Jaden. I think that that speaks to coaching again. That once again, she's not our only player out there. And so, okay, cover Jaden. We'll come out with the rest of these women, and we'll we'll still beat you. And it, it's just really promising to watch.
0: Yeah. Brooke or Dan, thoughts on, on Jaden, before we wrap up this one.
3: I think she'll have more, uh, more games where she's scoring a a lot more points, but that's because they're going to see tape from the Montana game. Uh, they're realizing they're going to, they key on, key in on one of the stars. There's the others that are going to step up and they've proved that in the last two games. And that's nothing but opportunity for the rest of the team. Brooke, final thought before we wrap up the segment?
2: Um, Yeah, I just uh, agree that I think, you know, she's, they're focusing on her and it's opening everybody else up. And I kind of wonder if that's maybe why she took a couple threes, if they're kind of trying to make her kind of like Emma where she can drive in there or sit out there and shoot a three. I'm wondering if that's why they've kind of added that a little bit more this year. Um, because in the past, she never really sits out there and shoots three threes. And so she did did attempt four. So I'm wondering if that's to try to help get her going maybe, but like uh, all of you said already, I think they are focusing on her and it's just giving more opportunities to everybody else.
0: Yeah. Just shows the depth of the team. And now, you know, things are kind of clicking for them now going through a rough couple of years, really getting comfortable playing together as a team. And now it's really kind of starting to come to fruition. And I think it's also an opportunity for Jane because she's a very talented player right? Like the first player that we interviewed when we started, you know, doing the women's hoop show was Jade Matthews because she was so dynamic, you know, just doing so much for the team and now Big Sky defenses are are keying in on her saying, okay, we need to stop her. Credit to her and the impact that she's had. Now just an opportunity for her to take her game to the next level and I think she's going to because she's just that good.
2: Yep,
1: agreed.
0: All right, folks, that is the uh, those are the two games that we saw this last week. Um, There's only one game this week. Uh, Wildcats will be taking on the defending champion, Idaho State Bengals in the D on Saturday, January 8th at 1 p.m. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the show. Uh, also, before we could get in the next segment, those jerseys, man, those women's jerseys are so fire. <laughs> I, I have been on this on social media. Like, please sell me one of those, man. They're so good. Wait, you look. <laughs> no, I love them.
3: Yeah. I, I love them.
0: Like, I want one. They're so clean. And I'm just like, Wildcat store, please sell me one of these. I don't care what the number is. Just sell me one of them, man. They're so good. So if you got connections to the Wildcat store, I got some connections. Maybe I need to like have some serious conversation with people. But like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: get me one of those jerseys, man, because they're so good. So good. All right. Now <laughs> let's, let's move on. Rant over. Let's take... <laughs> Now we're going to go to our game called New Year's resolutions. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give our panel the opportunity to give a resolution for a player resolution for the team and a resolution for the fans, because um, according to the numbers in the box score, there were only one hundred and sixty seven of us at the game on Saturday. Not not impressive, folks. This is a talented team. Show up. Uh, So. All right. Who wants to go first with a resolution for a player?
3: Any takers? Dan wants to go first. Let's start with I'm, okay, I'm in class. Oh, I'm like,
1: I'm <laughs> I love that you raised your hand. Excuse new me. new plan for podcast moving forward. We're raising our hands.
3: Long time professor. He gets it. I'd like to share something. Um, that uh, in the Idaho State game, Emma Torbert will as soon as the the offense is out there, she will. Stand right there at the top of the key and shoot a three. That's there we go.
0: (laughs) Right out the gate. The resolution is Emma Torbert. Shoot more threes. She hits a why not? She specifically
3: shoots the three at the first offensive play, no matter what, in this game. So
0: Okay. Jessica Brook, resolution for a player.
1: I'm going with Laura Taylor, who is one of my favorite players to watch because she is so scrappy. And when you look at her stats. Um, she is just kicking butt at both three point percentage and free throw percentage, but it feels like, um, she's, whenever she's out there, she gets a lot of fouls quickly, right? So she's fouling the other team. So my goal is my new year's resolution is for Laura to get less fouls moving forward. So we can see more of those threes and free throws moving over this next few weeks.
0: Yeah, good one. I mean, definitely. LT definitely a, a player that wants to shoot the ball outside. Um, has an act. I mean, they, I think she has quick hands. I think that's um, where she she probably gets in that foul trouble because she's trying to get those deflections, trying to get those steals. And when you play stiff defense like that, you know, sometimes you get the whistle, especially that whistle in that Grizz game. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Uh Brooke. What about you? Resolution for a player.
2: <sighs> so I've brought her up before. I want Alana Solovy to shoot more (laughs) she they do a good job of passing around you know doing their plays and everything and then it'll get back to her and she'll have a wide open lane or a three-point shot and she doesn't do it she'll maybe drive once in a while or she'll just start passing around again dribbling around again and I just want her to shoot (laughs) I know she's the point guard but I just feel like she keeps passing up on some open shots
0: no, I mean, Aloma, a very skilled floor general, right? Like mm-hmm. I think the steadiest mm-hmm. hand on the team by far. I mean, when she's got the ball, like the odds that somebody steals it are, you know, pretty low. Like she's yeah. she's pretty steady with the ball and weaving in and out of traffic. But I hear you like there are definitely those opportunities. I feel like the defenses don't necessarily respect her ability to shoot because mm. she shoots so few shots mm. that sometimes they're like, oh, we're just going to pack the paint. We don't trust her. It'd be nice to see her just kind of cook some of those guys and yeah. keep them honest, you know? Yep. All right. Good resolutions, I think, for players. But now let's talk about the team. Um, Dan, we'll go back to you, man. What's a resolution for the team for 2022?
3: I wrote down to to stay physical. Keep uh, keep that inside presence, keep in the heads of their opponents. I I, I just keep going back to that play where Emma uh, in that fast break, it, it you know, it, it was a foul. But the fact that she she knocked that player flat down right on the floor that was that was i think one of the catalysts that really set the tone for the game so that was fun to watch so stay physical uh because if you've got that physicality going in there uh and you get in their heads uh it it gets a little bit more comfortable on the other side
0: okay stay physical it's worked so far jessica what about you resolution for the team
1: Oh, um, I have two, so I'm going to take one and hope it takes the other one. Um, (laughs) I, I'm going to say threes are my resolution overall. Take more, make more. Um, and, and that's it. That's what I have.
0: Okay. Brooke, what about you?
2: Were you thinking turnovers? I oh, was, yeah. <laughs> yes. I like, to no, take it. Don't so worry about it. <laughs> Good. Because I'm like, that's the only thing I can think of. Because years, <laughs> years past, it was like, okay, this, 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 like work on all these things. But really, the only thing that sticks out is turnovers, just okay. kind of dumb turnovers, um, bad passes. I know that they get a little excited when they have a play that always kind of opens up that. Um inside and they get a little excited sometimes on those and throw it away. So turnovers. Let's work on still cutting down those turnovers.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I mean, if the Wildcats can consistently get down to 10, 12 turnovers a game, I mean that's you know, four to eight, 10 extra possessions a game. Uh, and that's yeah. a lot of points and potentially an opportunity to really kind of bury teams and set yourselves apart. Mm-hmm. So definitely a good one. And I'm sure they're aware of it. Uh, all right, last one resolution for a fan. I mean, like we noted, 167 fans in the D on Saturday. Could, should be a lot more. Uh, Dan, what's your resolution for the fans going into the rest of the season and beyond?
3: This may be a personal resolution, but fair fans, enough. You're a fan. <laughs> <laughs> we need to come up with a proper Rhonda cheer. I've talked okay. to Jessica about this. I don't know exactly what, what we need to do. Help me, Rhonda. Rhonda's in the house. Yay, Rhonda. I don't know. I need help. And so that's my resolution for fans is that we come up with a proper cheer, and it needs to have Rhonda in. So.
0: Okay. I, mean, I think it's a good one because we've talked a lot about this over the past few weeks, especially if you haven't listened to it, listen to uh, back in October on homecoming week, we did an interview with Amir Jackson, a nurse of the creative mind, but also a member of the Weber state alumni board. I uh, talked a lot about the make Ogden purple campaign and kind of about the fact that the culture comes from the fans. And so the fans need to get in there and come up with this kind of stuff because it creates that game day atmosphere. So that's why we, you know, we brought the signs, we made the big heads. Now that's the stuff that the fans got to show up and do because you know, It's not the team's job. The team's down there to play, play basketball or whatever. Fans got to show up and make up that kind of stuff. So I like what you're thinking, Dan, come up with some of those good things and focus on the things that are ours, like Rhonda, right? Like that's our thing. So let's, let's emphasize it.
3: Jessica, what about you? Maybe I just need to say Rhonda. I'm overthinking it. I'm adding too much Uh, to it. Sorry. That's
0: that's the thing that came (laughs) to my mind was if a big defensive play happens, just go Rhonda, Rhonda. Like that's it. That's, that's the play. Less is more. You're right. You're right. Keep keep it simple, man. Uh, Jessica, what about you?
1: Um, I I, it show up um, a few weeks ago. I I think it was Darren we interviewed. I'm not sure, but one of the players that we interviewed said um, we go out there and we play hard because we know folks don't expect much from us. And I think you know she certainly meant that about other teams, but I I think she meant it about our fans too. And it really broke my heart. And clearly, I'm still thinking about it weeks later (laughs) that this team has worked really hard. And I think yeah. to come back from a year last year where I think we had two wins or something just dismal, oh, right. And we're three in one in the big sky conference. I think it's our responsibility as fans and really members of this broader Weber state community to show up and support our women. And, you know, it was great to see, um, the turnout for the men's game versus BYU crazy pants to see that and, and should we play BYU as a women's team? I'd want to see the same result. And I, I it just a lot of it goes back to we sometimes we don't support women's sports as much as we should. And I think our women's basketball team based on some of what that record has looked like over the past few years, it's particularly hit hard. And it's our responsibility as a community to show up for them.
0: Oh. Great, great points all over. I mean, show up for the for this women's team. It's a talented team. They've worked really hard to get where they are. Obviously, they've been, you know, at the very bottom of the conference standings. I mean, I think they were picked dead last in the conference this year uh, in the preseason poll, and they're already showing that like, nah, that ain't us. Not anymore. We've worked really hard to get here. So come out, and enjoy this. I think Brooke, you told me season tickets are fifty five dollars. Yeah, like, that's a bargain.
2: Yeah, well, two years ago they were thirty five, but yeah, fifty five averages out to only a couple bucks a game. So. I mean, last when it was two years ago, when it was 35, it was like $2 or something per game. So it's like, it's cheap. <laughs>
0: yeah, insanely cheap. <laughs> Brooke, what about you? Wrap up the segment here and say, um, all right, what's, what's the resolution for the fans?
2: Same thing. Just show up. This team is finally turning a corner. They The last time they had a decent season was probably like four or five years ago. And we're still getting the same crowds, you know, the same hundred people. Um, so just come out. This is the best they've looked in a long time. So,
0: and it's fun. I it mean, it is fun. I mean, you, I think what maybe a lot of people don't realize is that you don't pay necessarily for where you sit, you pay a flat yeah. rate at the women's games. And so you have the opportunity, you pay a flat $7 if you're not a season ticket, which I don't know why you wouldn't be. $55 is absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm
0: bottom of the basement price like that's just an insane price uh, but even if you're not like me you're not a season ticket holder because you know I live in Nashville you can roll into the D and pay seven dollars and sit wherever you want yep. except for on the floor so you can yeah. sit front row and watch the women play and uh, yeah man you can get right up there in the action so uh, a unique opportunity in these women's games
2: definitely
0: all right that's new year's resolutions I want to thank everybody for coming up with some good I think there are some good ones in there everybody agree
1: oh yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right. Let's talk a little bit
0: about upcoming events. Uh, as we noted, sa- Saturday, January 8th, that's this coming Saturday. Wildcats will be taking on the defending champion, Idaho state Bengals. Um, allegedly our, our college rival be taking on the Bengals in the D at 1 PM. That'll be on ESPN plus, or you can go get your tickets at Weber sports.com or just show up, pay your $7 and uh, get a ticket. If there's not a promo already for that one, I'll bet you there will be because there have been a lot of really good promos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Then uh, Wildcats will, I mean, that will be the end of this long homestand that they've had for gosh, what two weeks, three weeks, something like that.
3: A lot of good basketball right here.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thursday, January 13th, the Wildcats will be on the road. They're heading up to Idaho in that brand new facility they've got up there in Moscow. It's beautiful. You haven't seen it. Just opened it this year. Uh, that game will be at 7 p.m. You, uh, watch it on ESPN plus then Saturday taking the trip over to Eastern Washington and Cheney January 15th. That game will be at 3 p.m. on Eastern uh, ESPN plus then uh, a break and then uh, we'll get the reverse. Wildcats will take the trip up to Pocatello to take on the Bengals on Thursday, January 20th. That game will be 7 p.m. ESPN plus it's an hour and a half drive folks drive up there. I'm sure it's cheap up there too. Good basketball. I hope that Idaho state team is a conference champions. They went to the, they went to the, the NCAA tournament last year. Should be a good game. So with all that, let's wrap up the show. Um, email us weberstateweekly@gmail.com. weekly, gmail.com. It's a good place to chat. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, patreon.com slash weaver state weekly. And i got our blog, weberstateweekly.com. Um, I might have to talk to our panel here. Maybe start getting some, some more written pieces, uh, of, about women's sports. Anybody interested? I don't know. We'll talk about it. But, <laughs> I don't want to put you guys on the spot on the air. You know, it's here's like, oh, really right cool. Like,
1: all right.
3: Here's the assignment. So yeah, <laughs> we got a lot, but we'll wrap up the show. Like we usually do. I'll say Weber state, Weber state.
2: Great. Great.
3: Great.
0: <laughs> Go Wildcats. <laughs>